What are you afraid of? Scared you go there and find out that he doesn't love you anymore, honey. You can't control that. The only thing you can control is how you feel. Not how you feel, but how you deal with what you feel that is real. You've got to relax, relate, and release into reality. What was that like, being in therapy? Uh, Were you, what did you talk about that you had never acknowledged to yourself or talked talk? I grew so much from the experience. But I think the most important thing I got is that everything is connected. I mean, if I have a problem, I usually just go to church, give me some Jesus, <laughs> and I'm cool. Welcome back to another episode of Black and Therapy, where we are discussing journeys, dismantling myths, and discovering our truths. It's Sarah Ashley here with my dope co-host Donna, and we have a special guest in the studio with us. Studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Miss Aaliyah Michelle. So say hello to the folks. What's going on, y'all? Um, I'm Aaliyah. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Little, little cute voice. <laughs> hey, y'all. It's Aaliyah. Go ahead, Aaliyah. Tell us. <laughs> How you feeling? I'm feeling good today. Cool. How you feeling? Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good on this Friday. Fridays are generally one of my favorite days of the week. So, happy Friday. Okay. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like, I mean, you know, being an entrepreneur, you got to make moves and you got to do meetings and all that. But I feel like some things you don't want to take on a sunny day. <laughs> and I got to go present at seven when I really want to go outside and uh, eat and sit outside and enjoy this weather. Even though we didn't did, we did it last night, but yeah, and y'all know how I get. Listen, the weather get nice. Sarah don't know how to act. She's having to have a good time. Come out on the deck. <laughs> like what? People like oh, you, the first hot day you out here. Oh, my dad, no, my dad was like, y'all out of order. <laughs> you're out of order. <laughs> having a barbecue ain't no barbecue, sir. This is a fish fry. That's how it is. As soon as it get nice, I ain't had no plans all week. I said, oh, seventy degrees, huh? <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna find. I gotta find one. something to do. Listen, people was out walking dogs, kids out, running, everything. I ain't mad at it, though. You got to take, you know, take control and, and do those things when you have the opportunity because seasonal depression is real. So when the sun come out, people just automatically start to feel better. Definitely. True. Definitely true about that. So let's talk about these current events before we jump into hearing Aaliyah Michelle's uh, story, right? So we were just talking before we hit record and about the Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry interview. So they didn't see it. I'm the only one that saw it. I was like, um, I just, I just left the interview feeling like, damn. Like I just felt like this was really her life, and nobody paid attention, right? Yeah. And so three things that really stood out to me in the interview was what we talked about before about Archie's skin color, right? And they before Archie. Before they even touched the skin color, they had already told her what he was not going to be. Yeah. He was never going to be in line to be royalty. He was never going to have a title. He was never going to have security. Yeah, from the rip. From the rip. Like, like because of because his skin his, color. Yeah. So how do they even deliver that? Like, how does this work? I just feel like... But they weren't up they front with it, of course. Yeah. Uh, they were talking to Harry, yeah. but they weren't telling her, like... And he didn't tell him, oh, because he's black. Yeah. Like, they, that wasn't right. the reason. It was just like, hey... This is what's going to happen. But why? Like, no Well, reason? first of all, well, because he's black. That's the I reason, but they didn't, you know. <laughs> I guess they just didn't say it. Bro. Right. But the, the thing was that, like, all right, so we know that William is going to be, he's in line to be the king. Yeah. And, if, and then it's his kids. Like, so it's not really, 
Harry doesn't really have mm-hmm. a, a direct line to it. Like, all these people had to die before you even... Right. So, but the catch was this. This was the, this is how you really know it's racist. They changed a decree that would make him be the king, that would make him be a prince automatically when his father, when Charles becomes the king, mm-hmm. like when the queen dies and Charles mm-hmm. becomes the king. Right. Automatically, if your grandfather is the king, you become a prince automatically. Right. They changed the freaking decree. So when? That he they just be, changed? Yes, when she was pregnant. Not when she was pregnant. So That's he can so never funny. be royalty. Right? And her thing was just like this. We made the decision to leave. Right? She was yeah. like, me and my husband made a decision to leave. But this is his birthright. So if he wants to grow up and be like, I want to be, I want to live in the mm-hmm. palace. I want to do, she said that should be his choice. And right. they're taking it away from him before he can even make that decision. Right. So, because she's like, that's his birthright. So that was the first thing. Mm. Then, well, I guess part two of the first thing was that they were concerned about how dark the baby would be. Yeah. When they said that, I was like, I, I, I was and like, so, Oprah, like, what? Yeah, Oprah was like, wait, <laughs> what? Oprah was like, went straight, like, who? Um, color purple, like yeah, like she it it she got triggered. She went back to there, right? Um, but the thing was they they asked how dark, and they said it wasn't the queen. They said it wasn't the prince. It wasn't um the grandfather. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking either Charles or William would have the audacity to exhale. Oh, I saw something. Somebody was saying, well. Somebody said that this person didn't, so it was like process right, of elimination right. or something. Right, I had posted it. You oh, used to okay. play a game like, well, it was three of us in the room, and right. it wasn't me, and it wasn't her. So, right. So we um, so to say that though, and I thought about it. I was I was listening to the other podcast, um, getting grown, okay. and Jay pointed out a, a, a an interesting point was that she was like, they didn't ask how light the baby would be, they asked how dark the baby right. would be. Like, what does that matter? And the baby could have very well came out as dark as some other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that was their concern, how dark the baby was going to be. But the other piece that really stood out, what, what really upset me was that she was suicidal oh, for yeah, a long time. And to the point where she told Harry, like, I can't be by myself. Mm-hmm. If I'm by myself, I'm going to kill myself. He said it. She said it to him. And it was one particular night they went to, like, this um, opera. And it was, like, the night, the, the night of the morning where she said that to him. Mm-hmm. And... They were clenching each other's hands so tight that you can see the white part of his knuckles showing through. That's how tight he was like holding her hand because mm-hmm. they were like, they were a horrible mess. Like, but they had to right. go out and do their jobs. But she went to whoever they were calling it the firm, whoever the firm yeah, is. Yeah, I didn't know who they were. And they told her like they couldn't help her. And she was like, I can't just leave the palace. She was like, I don't have a passport. I don't have a driver's license. They take all of that from you. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. She was like, so I can't just take my soul to the hospital and be like, I need somebody. I need help. Mm-hmm. So at that point, that's when Harry and I made the decision like they had to leave because she was going to die. And he was like, I didn't want history to repeat itself because you right. know his mom, how his mom died. Right. Then they didn't give his nigga no money. Yeah. That's Sorry. <laughs> they, they didn't give him no money. None. None. They cut him off. He said my mom, he was like, my mom left me money. And that's how they freaking got to, well, Tyler Perry let them stay in his house, they hold his house for two months or something like that. Because they took Tyler all the security. To the rescue, they, took, they took all his security. They took all the money. And so all they had was Megan's money, the money Prince, Princess Diana left, and they moved to America. What? Right. This like, y'all was not horrible. playing no games. How long was this? I might have to go back. I it was like two hours. Yeah, it was a long yeah. interview. That's what I was like. See, my thing with clip. stuff like this is that then um, I feel like I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. And then it's going to be like, every time I open my mouth, I'm going to be talking about it. Because <laughs> you go down a rabbit hole and want to know every little thing yeah, about right. everything. But that's crazy. I did see so much stuff about it. But I definitely didn't watch it. I don't even, I didn't even see it advertised. Y'all know I don't be knowing. I'm like, well, what's going on in the world sometimes? <laughs> I, where was this advertised at? Like, it, was, it was a big, it was a big interview. 
Like it was advertised, like everybody was wa- waiting to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people was watching it because I'm like, what, what's everybody talking about? I saw people watching it, but I never. I saw people like talking about it, tweeting about it, and stuff. But I never saw it like on this day we're gonna watch this. Oh, yeah. I never saw it. <laughs> no, it was anticipated. It was highly anticipated. And then like the day before, the tabloids in Britain started putting stuff out about Megan. Like she was nasty to the people. She was this. She was that. Um, and that's another thing she said. She said that they would lie to cover up other stuff, but they wouldn't tell the truth. To help her, to protect her. That's it. Yeah, so just imagine. Right, but she didn't Google him beforehand, apparently. <laughs> so, listen, sis. Google right. is your best friend. Like, I feel like I, mean, I Google everything, so I probably would You really like, Google everything. I would have Googled everything. Yeah, I do. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, let me say you who? Who you say? Mm-hmm. Like, when you, meet, when you meet a man, like, today, tomorrow, wherever, and you know his first and last name, you're going to Google this person. Like, yeah. regardless, even if you don't know... What he like? You just gonna Google use whatever city or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you gonna Google a person regardless. Like, and then when you see that, you're gonna Google their family and the history. You gonna watch like there's documentaries. You can watch stuff about yeah. them. I mean, but again, maybe she didn't want to be biased. I don't know. But well, that was that was a big chunk of my your week <laughs> because I just, it was just so interesting that people you from again we always assume or think people are okay like. Yeah. You had this great big wedding. Like, she didn't want none of that. She mm-hmm. said her and Harry got married three days before their wedding. Mm. Oh, wow. She said, we did that for the world. Like, that's what right. y'all wanted. She didn't want any of that stuff. No. So, it's just interesting to see, like, and, and us being therapists and being in the mental health field, watching, you know, stuff like this unfold. Like, what if she would have killed herself? Like, what if she would have took her life by suicide? Mm-hmm. Like, what would have happened then? Right, and we're in America, but we don't know, like, the rules are, at least I, right. I really don't know where to start in like mental health there at right. all. Yeah. Like I have no idea. Well, it should have started with them getting her help, period. Y'all should have never told right. them her nothing we could do. Y'all yeah. wanted her to die. Right. I mean, again, it's kind of like black people in America, the system wasn't built for us. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like we we expect them to take care of us, but it wasn't built for us. Like right. that, they didn't do this. They didn't create this world for us. They didn't create that world for her. Mm-hmm. Whether she was half, whether she, whatever. Yeah, it wasn't created for you. Right. It, it just wasn't. Right. Yeah. So, you know, racism still rules our entire world, not just the United States of America. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. That's it, though. That is. But let's jump into our first segment. Y'all want to talk anything else current event-wise? Mm-mm. You I mean, know, I don't be knowing. The crime in the city is still ridiculous. That's something like we talk about every yeah, week. It's yeah. still rising numbers. It's all like, these kids have it's like, killed within the last couple I of weeks. I don't see how people use that citizen app. I'm like, how? I had to turn mine off. How? Yeah, I don't people, hear my notifications on. People post it on social media like they're like, like a, if you take a screenshot of your, um, your screen. I'm like, how do you even get that? It's like five shots here. Like literally like six minutes to go, three minutes to go, mm-hmm. two minutes to go, ten minutes to go. Like you mean to tell me you getting these alerts, alerts like that? What in the anxiety, like... Listen, I, that's, that's exactly how it was. I was getting off work late one night. They said something about a rape, like, right around the corner from me. I said, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I started going right. the But then it's like, you want to be, like, it's kind of like, where does the line, where's the line between wanting to be informed yeah, to yes. be safe mm-hmm. and, like, not wanting to feel like, oh, my gosh, like, scared of every little moment. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's a thin line and you right. don't really know which way to go. I feel like... The helicopters is enough for me. I feel mm-hmm. like I heard a, I heard helicopters in every part of the city last night. I swear, like I I, feel, I heard it in North Philly. You ain't heard no helicopters. It was helicopters in the in the it, air when, it was when I was at your house. It was not. You just always want to come from North Philly. You, have, you always got to find a way to come from North Philly. Listen to each his own. I'm just saying, Southwest is in the building today, so. Okay. 
And Southwest is scarier to me than North Philly is. Yeah, it is. What? No, it is. Southwest is scarier than North Philly? Yes. It's always a murder in Southwest. Nephew just got killed a couple days ago. Your, he was only your nephew who? My neighbor's nephew. Your neighbor's nephew. He was only 15. And he's not even, like, in the streets or nothing. He was literally with That's on Dion. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the little boy that yeah. um went to his cousin's house or something. They were like, around. like, around, like, 7 o'clock. And they said, somebody was just shooting. And he got shot. And, and, they start, and start laughing. They start laughing at the Yeah, dude. apparently somebody, yeah, they said that they was, like, laughing in the car. I'm like, is people just riding around shooting at crowds? Yeah. Like, he had, like, he, not that type of little boy at all. He was, like, the right. sweet little boy. But, like, what, and then it also made me think, like, was he in, like, where was he at? Like, what? Walking that street. Like, literally walking. Oh, I thought he was in a car. I didn't really... No, no, no. Mm-hmm. He was walking in the street with his cousin. And or somebody. And got, like, grazed in the knee, and he got shot in the chest. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's work to be done in Philly. Yes, too much. It's crazy. And I think but... it definitely starts with... um, You know, Phil posted something I want to read. I think this is, is kind of true. Oh, I saw that. You reposted it. It was... um, I didn't read all of it. So, this is from Phil Roundtree. He's a... um. He's a therapist. He's a um, social worker and all those things. It says, given what we know about child development, the frontal lobe, and cognitive and emotional um, maturity. I can't say that word. (laughs) There's no scientific reason to think gun violence amongst teens will be curbed. Reality is, unless we're changing their parents, friends, teachers, neighborhoods, exposure to trauma, experiences of neglect and abuse, etc., the expectation of a miraculous reduction is nothing more than a hoop dream. Prevention looks like tending to a crying baby, minimizing, eliminating corporal punishment, spanking, eliminating food um, deserts, less white teachers leading black and brown classrooms, curriculum devoted to social-emotional development, and pre-K, etc. Honestly, we should be surprised if the numbers aren't higher. And I think that's true. Yeah. I think we got to start. I think it's starting. I always talk prevention down there. Like, and you know that. Like, I, I'm a big mm-hmm. person on, on prevention. All of this, like, intervention stuff is is... People are already there. Like, yeah. they're already there. Like, when you, you got to think about, it, like, prevent is, like, I'm stopping you from getting into the vent. Intervention is, like, I'm trying to, mm-hmm. already, you're already in there, and now I'm trying to be like, wait, wait, no, no, no. Like, it's too late. Right. So. I don't think we should give up on people. Like, I definitely don't think that, you know, we, we can't, we, but I just think, I think, I don't think we should give up on people. So, I don't think intervention is not necessary. I just think that we need to, like, the intervention needs to be like drastic like I just feel like what what are the interventions like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. I feel like we think we think about a lot about prevention because we think well okay what risk factors okay we know that like these certain areas in the city are more at risk so we try to do like interventions and programs and stuff but it just seems like like okay so if you're trying to like prevent certain people but then there's so many people that are already there. Like, how do you just, how do you focus on one and not the other? I feel like it has to be both. It has to be prevention and intervention. You can't just say, we're going to prevent these people. Because what about all these other people that are already there? Like, I'm not saying, saying people. I'm saying kids. When I say prevention, I mean, like, implementing programs to prevent it before they even get to an age where they're in it. Like, I'm talking 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th grade. Like, that's the prevention I'm talking about. Like, when he talks about the social-emotional education, mm-hmm. like, that's what I'm talking about. He's talking about in pre-K. Mm-hmm. Like, we we can change a generation if you get them while they're young. Right. I do. Yeah, right. And I agree with that. But I also feel like we can't give up. Like, it's so many children that's already there. We can't give up on them. Not to say, I'm not saying that you're saying give up on them. But I just feel like, yes, we have to prevent people from, from getting there. But it's also like, those people who are already into the streets, into guns, into the violence, I think that, like, the interventions has to be, even if it's 
kind of like getting them um not necessarily like programs and stuff because like you're there like punishment like whatever the punishment is i feel like we need to do better with getting all of these people who are doing these shootings these killings like we have to get them off the streets like i feel like if you only prevent and don't take care of people that's already there th then what like you know what i'm saying i just feel like what about the people they gonna keep on doing it? it's gonna be a cycle granted we might not have no more new you know we might have a lesser rate of people that's getting into the streets and getting into the crime and doing this stuff but what about the people that are still doing it like you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. they're gonna be 40 and 50 and 60 they still gonna be out here and even if we're preventing we can't prevent their kids like you know what i'm saying i just kind of feel like they can't prevent their kids their kids is going to be a reflection of them i feel like we gotta no not, but that's when prevention comes in it because i don't care if we live in an environment and, and i get it that it is environmental as well but if I'm spewing all of this to you, if I'm at a young age and I'm giving you other directions, alternatives to this, this whatever lifestyle they want to live, I'm giving you sustainable alternatives, mm -hmm. then a the kid might not do what they see mommy and daddy doing. Kids want structure. Like, I, I work in a residential. Like, you know, mm -hmm. they, kids want that, they want boundaries, they want structure, they want all that stuff that they probably aren't getting in a household like that. Right. Yeah. So if we can set up programs where we can implement that and give them that, mm -hmm. then they're not going to be looking for it from them. They're going right. to be looking for from the people that give them what they need. Like, they anarchy mm -hmm. of needs, right? Hierarchy of needs. Right. If we're meeting their basic needs and all that stuff, they're not going to look for it over there. Right. They're I mean, I, I definitely think that's at. true. But I just think if you live in a... If, you, if your parents are already there, like, this generation of kids that are already in it, I'm not sure how much more a program could do. Because as soon as we ain't got no more funding... Like, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like those things are just kind of like... I don't know. I just think that they're they're not sufficient in certain things. I think you gotta attack both of them at the same time. Um, personally, what you think? Mm -hmm. You I think wish they had more programs? Cause I feel like when I was younger, it was like something to do all the time. Like mm -hmm. the power center was open, and it was like drill teams, and it was so much stuff to keep you out of there. But like now, it's like if you're not playing a sport, then it's like oh, all right, then you just out here. Mm -hmm. But. Mm -hmm. Like so I everything costs so much money. Yeah, a, a lot of money, and it's mm -hmm. like if they a lot of people, they don't got no money to put you through no extracurricular activity unless it's something for free. So it's like, all right, well you gonna be out here or you gonna be playing this. Mm -hmm. But like that's why I appreciate that a lot of people like when we was younger, we used to have adults that are like, oh, do you I'm money about this? To say that. Oh, I'll come get you mm -hmm. to make sure you get there because you might not have them type of parents. That's like, oh, you wanna go where? I'm not taking you. I ain't got no car. I'm mm -hmm. not letting you catch the bus. I'll come get them. I'll bring them back home. Mm -hmm. I'll make sure they're safe. Like, you don't have people out here like that. No I was going to say that. Like, even looking at my youth leaders, like, in church. Like, I'm not even a youth leader that, that they were. Like, mm -hmm. they were committed to picking us up, taking us, making sure we was good, taking us to different things. Like, they don't, we're not, we're not them, right? Mm -hmm. Our generation, I think that's where we messed up at because yeah. we stopped caring the way they care. Like, there was still a sense of community, yeah. at least when we were kids coming up. And that was like... I might speak to the young boys on my block. I might make sure when I get a, a truck full of sneakers that they getting sneaks. And when I get toys, they getting toys. But it's like, I don't have no programs really for them to like yeah. mm -hmm. sit and like be up under me and getting guidance. Like, so. Right. But I think that's kind of like a, a system, a systematic type of thing where it's like a systemic. systemic. <laughs> right. I'm like, wait. <laughs> where it's like, like, why can't we? Right. So mm -hmm. why do you feel like you can't? We feel like we don't got time. We feel like we don't got money. We feel like we don't have the support. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like, like the people, the leaders that we don't have the things that we should have either, like to help other people. Cause just think of how many people that would be willing, like, you know what I'm saying? Like big brothers, big sisters and certain things like those places, they don't have money or programs to finance that type of stuff. We can't work. Like we got to work. 
You but know, I mean, they didn't have no money, money either, though. They they, yeah. they just did it out their own pockets, like yeah, especially like at the church and stuff. Like yeah. I used to always call my friends up. Oh, we going to church? Cause I was in church like four times a week. Yeah, <laughs> and it was out of their own pockets. Yeah. Like they ain't, the church ain't really had no money to give. Like and people people did it out of the kindness of their own hearts. But what I also realized part of that too was that. They were married. They had families, right? Yeah, we don't. Like, it's, not, it's a disconnect. It's a disconnect with that with us. Like my youth leaders were in like stable marriages. They, you know, so it was like yeah. y'all. They life was different. Even at our age, like your life was being a caretaker. Your life was mm-hmm. giving. Your life was being a parent. It's just like yeah, no. Like we don't because we because we are millennials and we yeah. like listen now. We don't. You know how we are. We don't need a man. We don't need a family. <laughs> if I want to have kids, I will. Like, you know, those type of things mm-hmm. I feel like just aren't things. Like, we have unlearned so much and we have broken so many, like, stereotypes and things that they, it's like, these are the things that we should be doing. Like, it ain't no more go to college, get a job, find a husband or a wife and have kids and then give back and then retire in 50. Like, we ain't doing it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We're, we're entrepreneurs. We, we, we every which way. We doing certain things. Right. Um... Even even when you talk about church, if y'all, you know, you guys have, like, leaders in the church, I feel like church is different as well. You know what I'm saying? Those yeah. types of things are just different in the sense that, you know, people aren't necessarily dedicated. Not to say that they, they aren't, but there's not a lot of, um, there's not, at least in my experience, there's not a lot of people who are dedicated to um, to those types of things. And there's not a lot of things that are cost-effective and a lot of people... Who are willing. But I, I think it's some too. I just think that sometimes you just don't know where to turn. Like if mm-hmm. somebody needed something, where's the resource for that? I feel like right. we don't have um, kind of things to set that in place. But hopefully soon enough, you know, mm-hmm. the city, the kids, everybody will. Because like what, what these kids about to do for the summer? They was just bottled up all year for virtual school. Mm-hmm. And then summertime won't come. Then what? I don't know. People vaccinated, we're gonna be out here in these streets, so <laughs> we'll see. But all right, let's jump into our first segment. I got a story to tell. Tell us your story. Um, where should I start? Um, all right, so I'm a poet, uh, I've been writing since I was probably like. 11 or 12 mm-hmm. and I was like real shy about it first the only people that I knew knew I like wrote poetry and stuff like that and then like I went through a breakup so I started writing even more and then I started like I think I put like a poem or something on Instagram and so I was like oh you should come to this open mic and I'm like alright mm-hmm. I ain't never performed in front of nobody before but I'll come so then I went and I just like saw so many people like performing and like pouring their heart out I'm in the back crying a little bit I'm just like man like, I want to do that so I just started like going back like weekly um and then I started performing. I'm like, oh, shit, I kind of like this. So it kind of just gave me, like, a little bit of courage to, like, talk to people and stuff. But I kind of have, like, I still kind of have social anxiety to the point where, like, people started wanting advice after a while. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, I've been married for this. I'm like, married? I don't even think you should be asking me. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ask me questions. And I, I, I used to always tell people, like, I feel like I'm still learning. And a lot of the times, like, I'm not ashamed to admit that sometimes I don't take my own advice. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel right giving you advice. But if you take something good but away from anything that I say or that I've written a poem or anything, take that as a sign and just do whatever makes you happy. Because mm-hmm. I can't tell you, girl, you need to do this. But I'm probably in the, my head like, dang, I just text this nigga the other day. 
But um, it's been like a blessing and a curse because it forced me to get out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, it forced me to meet a lot of new people to talk more. But then it's like the curse part is like they always want more. So they're like, oh, you should make a live. Get on live. I'm like, I don't know what to talk to y'all about. Like, I'm going to go here and be looking all stupid. They're like, oh, we want more poems. When are you going to do this? And I'm like, I'm happy that they look forward to it. But at the same time, it's like, this is just something that I, you know, I write stuff on my leisure and mm-hmm. I put it out. They're like, when you going to put it? You going to do You, you writing this? You been doing mm-hmm. that? When your next book coming out? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man. I don't know. Pressure. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And I, I'm grateful for it. It's just like, all right, got to get back out of my comfort zone again. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. Um, most of the time, I write about basically things that women go through, like molestation, uh, domestic abuse. Breakups, of course, relationships, mm-hmm. friendships, and stuff like that. So, um, most of my audience is probably women, and some probably some men that's hating because I've been got cursed out a couple times <laughs> over some poems. I'm like, listen, this is just my personal experience. I'm not talking much y'all, but mm-hmm. it's it's been a good uh thing. I think I started probably like three years ago, and I have a pretty good following now. So, okay, it's been good. Okay, and your and your books? Oh, I have uh, I dropped my first poetry book back in 2018. It's called She. It's mm-hmm. an acronym for Suffer Hill Evolve. And last year, I dropped my mental health journal because I don't know. I hope my mom will listen to this because she don't even know. But I started seeing a therapist last year and she diagnosed me with uh, depression and anxiety. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I, I started going back. And at first, I was scared because I'm just like, I don't really want to talk to nobody. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, like, I always like, I ain't going to talk to my mom because I talk to my mom a lot of stuff. But I um, ended up going to therapy and it worked out really, really well. Like, mm-hmm. I felt so much better, and I got so much off my chest. Because I'm the type of person, like, all my friends come to me with their problems, and I don't tell them nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't feel like I want to burden nobody. Because right, right. everybody got their own stuff going on. So. But it was a really good healing process. It gave me some really good, like, tactics to use. Whenever I'm feeling like, oh, I'm about to have a panic attack mm-hmm. over here. But I just started, like, breathing, doing my exercises. I write everything down. Mm-hmm. I start like, I wake up in my sleep like, oh. I was dreaming about this. I don't know what this means, but it, it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was happy for it. Cool. That's dope. Okay. And, and your shows, your poetry shows. Look at me. I'm going to hold on. Yeah. So you dope. also have... So because of COVID, I haven't been able to have my poetry show, but I do have a, a monthly event called Speak Poetry Show. Um, Hopefully, if everything goes through, I don't want to jinx it, but they should be starting back up in May. So I'll mm-hmm. keep y'all posted on it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you talked about being afraid to go to therapy. Yeah. Why? Why you like? Why do you think? And maybe we should hold it off for the next segment because you might have a myth for us, right? right? You got a myth. Yeah. All right, so let's hold right. it for the next segment. <laughs> right. Sis, but, what's your story? Um, oh, well, let me tell. Let me tell you about um, me and Leah. Me and Leah go back like four flats on the Cadillac. And listen, y'all, y'all. I don't know if I've ever mentioned how. Did it. <laughs> Cut it. I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the podcast how bad my memory is. Mm-mm. maybe not but listen I'm gonna read right so I always be like well yeah like you know my grade school friend Leah and I know like I know can remember Leah I think from fourth grade yeah you, fourth grade was yeah. the grade okay <laughs> but like you know how like sometimes so much time passed it's just like I feel like I'm telling myself the story but I don't remember it like I feel like I'm telling myself that it, like it was fourth grade but like low-key I only remember I remember me and Aaliyah and one of our other um, grade school friends, we used to sing. Aaliyah talking about poetry. Aaliyah used to rap. Aaliyah <laughs> sing. We used to sing. I remember singing, and I'm trying to think what song. It was a black song we used to sing in the library. Do you remember? I'm trying to remember the library? song, yes. We used to sing in the library. Fourth mm-hmm. grade. Th- I feel like, was it third or was it? 
Did it start in third grade? It might have started in third grade. Third grade, I feel like. I was like elementary It was definitely before fifth grade. It was before we graduated in fifth grade. But we used to sing in the library, like. Oh, I'm trying to think of this song. It was a black song. I feel like it was like. I'm, it's going to come to me. Oh, my gosh. But we used to sing in the library. And then Aaliyah used to be a singer and a rapper. I ain't going <laughs> to let her leave without selling the fact. Um, but I've known Aaliyah for a long time. Let's see. What year was it? That was about 2000. We was in fourth grade. Telling our age. <laughs> 2000. So this is. I was graduating eighth grade. What? I was graduating eighth grade. And we was in fourth grade. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, me and Aaliyah go way, way back and we don't get together as much as we should, but I feel like we, like we kind of chit chat, keep up yeah. social media. I feel like I see her like once a year ish. I feel like it's always like once a year. Like we won't get drinks. We I know. Like this. once a year ish. But listen, I saw her twice this month and I ain't going to forget <laughs> that she also didn't tell us about her podcast or her other. <laughs> So, you ain't tell us about your podcast. You also didn't tell us about your other show that you do. Oh, okay. Listen, Aaliyah, she <laughs> out here in these streets, okay? She is out here. Entrepreneur, she doing it all. Yeah. Part of me doing the podcast was, like, me coming on my show. And also, mm-hmm. just because, like, uh, Unrecognized Real, that podcast is, like, with two of my guy friends. that We, we used to work together, and we always used to just be talking, debating about every little thing. I said, listen, we're going to turn this into a show one day. And we mm-hmm. really did it. So, it was, like, that was a good thing. Then my other friend, Purple, I feel like we always disagree. Mm-hmm. We always disagree. We always end up arguing about something. I'm like, all right, we gonna put this on the show too, and we just started doing it. So that's like pretty much where they came from. Just like me trying to like put my own little voice out there, put my own opinions out there, and just having fun at the same time mm-hmm. outside of your poetry. Because it's all yeah. it's all of your poetry. Something that you've gone through, or you like, I'm gonna write about this situation. No, some of it is like other people's situations. So I have people that give me ideas like, oh. Bro, let me tell you what happened with this nigga. It might mm-hmm. be somebody that I don't even know. I'm like, all right, like I, I'll see if I can put it in the phone. <laughs> <laughs> right, experience was from all over. Yeah. Right. You got a story? You ain't hear my story about me and the Leo. <laughs> oh, that, that was, was your story. That was my oh, story. Okay. okay, that was my story. We did the um, we did the podcast last week. Was that last week we did? The week before that, I think. Or was it yeah, last week? Was... The way my time is set up. Wait, Wait today Because last week we talked about it on the podcast. So we, we did about. it on last. So we did it last week. We did it last oh, okay. Wednesday, right? Okay. So we was oh. on. Um, we were guests. Black and Therapy were guests on Aaliyah's um podcast that she has with um Bang and Reese, mm-hmm. right? Unrecognized Real Podcast. Um, definitely check her out as well on all um all platforms. Um, it was a really good show. I can't wait to actually it was a really good conversation. see it too. It was it yeah, was really was really good. Yeah. Um. And you have the episode, your first episode dropped on May, March. Yeah, we just dropped the first episode okay, so of March 8th. First episode, of, is this a, this what is, season? Technically, this is our third season. Okay. Third we called it two and a half. But <laughs> <laughs> Why y'all call it two and a half? Our second season was like, it was so choppy. So mm-hmm. it was like, are we just going to start off fresh? She's like, no, this 2.5. I said, listen, just say three. We're not going to say two and a half. Right. But listen, we all know that podcasting is a journey. I still yeah. struggle with listening to myself, with watching myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still struggle with it. We know this is Sarah's God-given talent to us. So, you know, she, she do with her eyes closed. I mean, once you listen to it as you edit it, it's like, it gets harder to keep, to keep listening to the conversation because like, I already this before <laughs> three times. So, yeah. But tell but, us about your story, sis. I don't really have a story this week. I think my story was the whole Meghan Markle, Meghan Markle stuff. Like, I really mm-hmm. felt like that. We just were not aware in America what was really going on with her. So, that's really um pretty much my story. My time management isn't. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Dominic, I know me last week about my time management, and I feel like here we are another week. But I, what I do have is now the the papers are stapled together. Your papers stapled. Okay. Yeah, so I made progress from last week. Cause progress. last week it was like we were talking fast on the podcast. I, it was just a mess. But yes, yeah, that's, that's it. I don't really have a story. No. God is always dope and just always shows up in amazing ways. That's gonna always be my story every week. <laughs> right, every week is, is um, a celebration. Y'all don't even know. I be, we be in here celebrating stuff I don't even be knowing. Sarah be like, come on, we're going to celebrate. We're going to have a celebration to toast. I'm like, what we toasting to? She's like, well, what happened was it? I'm like, oh, okay. It's a celebration. It's okay. a celebration. Every time we link up. Every time we link. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it. I, um, just be, You know what it is? I, you ever feel so busy like that you don't yes. really feel like you're getting anything accomplished or you're just always tired? Yes. Um, <laughs> and so that's the kind of space I've been in. But I, I was uh, one of my friends sent me a podcast today. And it was just talk about like do less and trust God more. Like mm-hmm. stop trying to like yeah do everything right. Because mm-hmm. like, even last night I had thoughts about like dang like when God gives you so much like how do you pick and choose what you want to do? Like when you have mm-hmm. gifts right. When we talk about gifts, when you have gifts and talents, how do you pick which one you settle on or like you you choose? You know you gotta explore more. But do you gotta explore more? Just because I mean if that's what you if that's what you want to do, I feel like before you make sure you just gotta take a nap. You know what I mean? Because like, I'm going to do a <laughs> yes, I'm going to take me a nap. <laughs> so I think that's where I am this week, trying to kind of settle like the storms that are like in your head, and like, cause, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and not storms like in a bad thing. Like it's just like all this, right, a lot of yeah, stuff going yeah, a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. And you know what I really think? Um, I really think that it's going to get like with the weather changing, with us, um, you know, people getting vaccinated and the world opening up. I really think it's going to get more hectic. That's why I'm kind of like on you, like girl, get your time management together. Like give yourself a little bit extra time because it's only go, it, it's only up, mm-hmm. it's only up from here. It's right, only right. going to, you know, um, cause I think that since we kind of like we graduated, we had the pandemic. Like I think we were so used to kind of like a uh, a calmer pace and like. Because you know how we was. We was giving ourselves grace. Let me tell you, if it was something that we didn't do, something we didn't accomplish, and we giving ourselves grace because we in a pandemic, yeah. we mm-hmm. lost, you know, people are losing lives, we losing opportunities. We are giving ourselves grace. But I think that now it's kind of like things are, you know, mm-hmm. things are heating up. Is that all these opportunities? And then when you want to be proactive, you got to be ready and be right. there before people even get there. Like, we got to be able to clean up this mess after yeah. COVID because it's going to be a mess. mess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So that's my story. That's dope. All right, let's jump into our next. What? Nothing. Segment. <laughs> you got. Good. I was just You was about to say something. I'm like, wait, no. I'm like, what's the next segment? Don't My believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. Okay. I'm, you scared me for a second. I thought I was doing something. No, because I felt like I was supposed to have something ready, and I'm like, wait. No, no, no. Aaliyah is going to tell us her myth. She said she was afraid to go to therapy, so right. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to hear why, why, why. So like. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. Monday was choir practice. We go on Wednesday to clean up the church. Friday is prayer. Then Sunday is two services. So it's mm-hmm. like, everything is like, oh, if you're going to do something, just pray or talk to God or whatever's in this house, we're going to stay in this house. And I'm just like, listen, I'm tired of staying in this house. With y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like I'm getting the help. And it's like, it's not like I don't feel like, I know like my mom loves me and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like my friends love me, but it's like, 
I just don't want to like worry them. Like if I told my mom like what type of thoughts I was having and stuff like that, she'd probably lock me in the house mm-hmm. and be like, Oh, you're not going nowhere until we pray this away. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Mom, well, I didn't pray mm-hmm. <laughs> every day, but I really feel like I just need to get some help. So that's like I feel like that's one of the biggest like, oh, whatever goes in the house, just stay in the house. No, if you feel like you have to get help outside of that house, then get it because mm-hmm. it's no way you can heal if you're still in an environment that's hurting you. So it's like right. that's what I had to like really learn about that. Mm-hmm. So you were scared. Were you scared because you were doing something kind of like behind your mom's back? Like, was it a secret? Did yeah. you feel like I you feel don't like, know what she gonna think? Yeah, I was more so worried about what she was gonna think. That's like, am I going against God? But God made therapy. I'm just like, if everything's <laughs> like, in my head, like, no. But I right. think, I think, like us growing up in church, I think that people have. Um, and I don't want to say demonize, but kind of like demonize therapy, like, yeah. or like we're cheating on God if we go get help yeah, from somewhere that's else. Yeah, exactly how and, it was. Like, am I going against my faith? Because, like, right. I'm supposed to just give it to God and go to sleep. But right. I, I'm like, listen, this ain't help right now. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, but the thing is that, is that, like, prayer is like, you still need batteries and you need to activate it, right? You right. got to activate your prayers. You got to activate your faith. And it's like part of activation is going to get the help that you need. True. Um, and we taught that class, and one mm-hmm. of the one of the risk factors for like people not getting help was was religion, like mm-hmm. because people felt like if I do this, I'm neglecting my, my I'm neglecting my belief, and so mm-hmm. that's 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 a common myth that a lot of people, religious people, have people that have relationships with Christ, mm-hmm. right? right, or or any kind of religion that they if they go get help outside of the structure. Get on, you better get on the altar. Yeah, right. You better lay there. Yes, you better lay there. You better get the oil. Like, yeah, we need all of that. We right, need right. all of that. But I also need to go to therapy when I get up off my knees. Right, right, exactly. And I, I'm so thankful for Sarah because Sarah is definitely advocate, advocate of Jesus in therapy. Mm-hmm. What my, what's my what's my favorite shirt say sweatshirt say Jesus self care therapy and wine. Listen, okay. favorite and shirt. That, I'm that that on the day. I wear it once a week or twice, <laughs> depending. But Jesus. I don't know what to say off the top. I know say Jesus, ther- self-care, self-care, therapy and wine. Therapy and wine, honey. Okay? Listen. Listen all of the above. Right. right. <laughs> I want to write in your internet. That's just self-care. Internet. Right. That that's is self-care. self-care. Right. That's my self-care. Because self-care can look like anything. Right. So. What you doing to take care of yourself, your mind, your yeah. body, your spirit, all of the all of the above. Right. Um, so that was a really dope myth, though, because I think a lot of people struggle with it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It gotta be. It's not either or. It's and. It's right. both and. It's both and. Like you need Jesus and you need therapy. Yeah, I talked to God. Yeah. I think. I think I had did a shirt or did something. I talked to God and my therapist. Like, right. Mm-hmm. I need all these shirts. Need <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's just like that's the truth. Yeah. Like I probably eventually tell my mom they like. So let me ask you this because your your last book was um in regards to mental health. So yeah. so like how did that process go? Did like did your mom has she read your book? That she used no, your she book? Did, she didn't did she that. know that you have a book that is geared yeah. towards mental health? Like with this, she just like oh this yeah. is nice. Yeah, that's exactly how oh. I was. <laughs> that's exactly how I was like oh this is for people. I'm like yeah because you know people suffer from like I'm trying people. Throw it in the, you know people suffer from like depression. Other people, anxiety, right? You know people had like got issues and it's best to, like get it out right there. They can't talk too much. No, this is nice. Mm-hmm. But I ain't never like it's me. Like <laughs> I ain't never telling her. But right. I, I, I would eventually like tell her and just let her know. Like I feel like I would feel better telling her now versus when I was going through it because I wouldn't want her to worry about it. Like mm-hmm. I just want to tell her like, listen, I've been doing this. I'm right. ready to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Like, right. I'm okay. And, and therapy and mental health is a journey. It's yeah. not. It's not like you can. I'll go to therapy and then I'll be fixed. It's going to be a journey because well, it's not even don't just talk too fast. That's the that's the two minute session. 
Oh. <laughs> I feel like we just been jumping ahead the whole time. Yeah, so save, save the your, whole time. Save that piece. Um, Put it, remember that. I need you to remember what you said. Okay. <laughs> Let me write that down because I don't know how my memory is. But, right. Um, all right. I won't go into it just yet. Okay. Until we get to our two-minute session. But um, I think another important part is that we don't... I think sometimes we can other therapy or like other <laughs> mental illness. Like, oh, we in the church. We don't got... We, don't, yeah. we ain't crazy mm-hmm. over here. Like, we can't other it. Like, yeah. it... Because there's a lot of people in church who are suffering. And, it, and it, what's bad is that we have security for people when they come in here with a gun or want to rob the church. But no, nothing, who's really training people if somebody has a mental breakdown in church? Like a mm-hmm. full-fledged mental-like breakdown. Yeah. You know, is that something? In church crying and you're like, you know, they just, they just, they crying because they're thankful for Jesus. Mm-hmm. No, they, they're no, not they going to go through something. Through right. like, mm-hmm. it, or it took them a lot to even get there. Like, like yeah. it takes a lot to go to therapy. It probably took somebody a lot to get there. So, yeah. I think we need to, and I think that's something I want to do once I get licensed, is like making sure that we are educating the church and yeah. educating the masjids and educating, you know, the synagogue so that people know what to do, what to look for, mm-hmm. you know, so. Right. Yeah, that was our myth. <laughs> yes. Busted right here. All right, let's get ready for Donna's favorite segment, Truth Is. First, we got guess. Wait, what's the truth is? I'm but wait, I didn't think she she might have been ready. Oh, okay. I might. Wait, what's the truth <laughs> is? You truth is is your um. I promise y'all, we just ran this down to Aaliyah. I feel like you did, but I truth was like, is, what is the truth you recognize in yourself? Have you learned something new about yourself that you like to work on or that you're proud of? Um. So, for example, uh, Sarah talked about um her struggle with forgiveness. Um. I talked about um my truth in um what was my truth last week? Um feeling like I can do multiple things. Like I can be professional but I can twerk if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> um but just just being like kind of like well rounded and knowing that like I can be professional and do other things too. So um just like something that you recognize in yourself that you want to work on, like a truth. Like, you know, I feel like we live in the day and age where like people are living in their true self. Yeah. Right. Um, I think especially when it comes to, um, I think like sexuality and, um, specifically I've seen it, um, in my own like circle in my family and stuff like that, where people are just more living in their truth about whatever it is, um, whatever they're feeling with their friends, with their families. Um, so maybe they get you a gist of what truth is. If you, if you're not ready, Sarah could go. Um, I think something that I was, uh, struggling with was, Kind of just accepting the fact that my son might not have a relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. So his dad was always kind of like in his life like for the past three years. He's been incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about how it might be affecting my son. I, honestly, I'm like, listen, I'm happy that he's going. I don't really want him around. Mm-hmm. It's been fine. But um, we were out one day with my son's goddad because he was uh, helping him pick a soup for his wedding. Mm-hmm. And some neighbor was like, oh, is that your dad? And he was like, no, my dad's dead. And I was like, I didn't, wanna, I didn't know what to say. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like. So, once we were home, I was like, I'm like, why did you tell him that your dad was there? He was like, because I don't see him no more. And I was like, that shit, like, broke my heart so mm-hmm. bad because, like, you know, his dad did do a bad thing. And I don't honestly feel like he's an all-around bad person. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I at first didn't feel like it's my job to tell you about your dad because he mm-hmm. still sees his other grandma. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, I talked to his grandma. I'm like, next time you have him, just talk to him. Mm-hmm. Show him pictures. Like, let him know that his dad is alive because... Right. I know what it's like to lose a parent. 
mm-hmm. especially my dad. So it's like, I don't ever want him to feel like he don't have no dad. You have a dad. Mm-hmm. And I hope that if his dad gets out of jail, that he will have a relationship with him. But it's like, right. that was like really, really hard to hear. And I feel like I had to hear that so I can know like, listen, <sighs> let me yeah. let go of whatever I, situation I was mm-hmm. going with. I was holding on to his dad so I could just like, so he could be okay. Because I never really... I realize now I never even asked him how he felt about not seeing him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, ever. Right. Like, not since he's been going at all. So, I was, I'm like, well, if he don't ask for him, then he don't miss him. But he probably really do miss him, and I never even right. thought about it. So, mm-hmm. I think that's, like, that was, like, a realization for me. Like, damn, he really was born on something because his dad is dead. Like, right. And maybe in your own, like, I'm wondering if in your own uh, mental health journey and knowing that how you feel about saying certain things to your mom, yeah. how you would want Amari to right. want to tell, you don't want Amari <laughs> to feel like, you know, like he can't talk to you. You want him to, cause how old is Amari? Like six? He's oh, seven. He's seven. Okay. So like, yeah, you want him to be able to tell you more things. I'm, I'm just assuming then like you feel yeah. necessarily comfortable with right now. You know what I'm saying? That he can be open and, and know the truth. That he, right. That's right. <laughs> and I think too, even like, it's a good thing that you heard it when you did because mm-hmm. like being a therapist and hearing people, adults talk about their childhood and it's like one little thing can like make it, you know, mm-hmm. something, their life totally different. And even I was talking to my friend Kim today and she was like, a lot of times people just don't talk to their kids. Mm-hmm. She said, we just move throughout our days like yeah. normal. And like to your point, you said, well, he ain't never asked for him so he ain't missed him. Right. Like, whole time he like, damn, I did, did. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And so, but you never knew that because yeah. we didn't hit it. You never had a conversation. So I think it's just really important to just talk like, my kids probably, Zion hates it now. He always be like, but why are you trying to do therapy on me? And it's like, I'm not trying to do <laughs> therapy on you. Right. I just, I'm going to overly ask you these probing questions because I want to know. Right. Yeah, so. for sure. And we all, and I feel like every episode, I always say it, but that's, that's definitely an entire segment that we need to have on children. And y'all know how I am. Like, I don't really necessarily like bring up children or like my child or something, but like children outside of COVID or like they're dealing with things too, like outside of kind of being home and not being with their friends, but children and their parents and, you know, not just any type of thing. Like granted you had your parents, but who, who it's kind of like people don't realize what people may go through because like from the outside looking in, who would have ever thought that Aaliyah Michelle, who, you know, had both parents in this loving household, you know, church all week, (laughs) Mm -hmm. no one would ever think that, Oh, now she here. She, and in retrospect, you know, she's suffering, she's going through some things that she can't, she doesn't feel, you know, comfortable right. with, with talking about. People would never have known, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you didn't say nothing, who would have known? They would have <laughs> never right. known, they would have never, it's just kind of like everything isn't what it what it seems to be, especially right. when it comes to mental health. Because people just think that, oh, you know, she got both parents, you right. know, or or even with Amari, look, look, he got Aaliyah Michelle as a mom. She out here, <laughs> like... He don't want for nothing. He, you know, he got uh, god dads and all these, you know, uncles and aunts and you know what I'm saying. They like, oh look, he a smart kid, like you know. But right. then he, there he go. Oh, my dad did. Like you know what I'm saying. He's like, hold up, hold up. Crazy. Right. So we definitely got to pay attention to our kids, and I promise y'all, we really going to do. Let me write, really write this down, <laughs> so that we really do um an entire episode on um on children um and mental health, for sure. What's your truth? <laughs> what? I'm always last in truth. Stop playing. So what? Is you next? Go ahead. I don't really have a truth this week. Um, that is not acceptable because I know I would not be able to not have a truth this week. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I said I really. I feel like you talked about your time management and and reckon. I mean, you you probably been done recognize that at least since I've known you. <laughs> since I've known you, you've had time management issues. But you know, I mean, 
Diana, you ever have a friend that just want to always point out the negative in you? That's Diana. That's my truth. This no, week. I'm not. Diana I do always not. tries to point out the in negative. In this episode, like, how many times have I praised Sarah Jesus. in this episode alone? I'm going to go back um, and actually listen. I just, I don't know. <laughs> um, A couple. A handful. A what? A lot. What? How many times I praised you this episode? No. But how many... Le- over the whole friendship, how many negative comments have you made? I'm sure is the scale is like this. Over the whole friendship, yes. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Um, I'm done. Not over the whole this friendship. This scale for me though. <laughs> <laughs> um. So today I was thinking that I guess my truth and it's more of a message, like to do what you feel like in your heart to do, right? Yeah. Regardless of whether you have it all the time or like. Like, my thing is, like, I guess I can say like this. Don't be concerned about what you don't have. Do what you feel like is right. Like, do what you feel like your gut or God or yeah. whatever is telling you to do it. Um, Especially when it's about giving to other people and doing stuff for other people. Like, I think Donna asked me yesterday, like, why are you do it then? And I'm like, because I wanted to have a wine <laughs> day on the night. And, and I know that it's going to get replaced and everything else. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to do what I want. Like, but I say I have to say today, like, it just do, me doing what I want, like, I brought my mom flowers. I did a bunch of stuff, like, that I really, that really wasn't in the budget, but I I felt like I wanted to do that. Like, I felt like God was like, be nice, do this, do that. Even with the, at the, at the Nelson line, right? I didn't delay, you know how they be letting people, other people do your stuff? Like, oh, yeah. so now I took both of y'all, like, I ain't hey, I ain't take all that money out the ATM. So when I went to the nail salon the other day, the lady I didn't tip last time, I had money left over and I was like, just tip her too. And it's oh, like, man, man, this was my, you know, my little five, ten dollars that I can go get something else with. Like, he like, oh, tip her too. And it's just like, say all that to say today, one of my friends called me and gave me money um, because I helped her build her clientele. Like, I wasn't oh, expecting man. it or nothing like that. But it's like, all week long, I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Dang, all right. You want me to do that? All right, God. Like, uh, make her a tip too? All right. Like. And it's like, I got it back, like, and wasn't even expecting it, like, hey, come outside. So, I guess my truth is that be obedient and and do what you feel like in your heart is to do. And don't worry. Mm-hmm. That's a good truth. Okay, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Why you had to laugh guys? <laughs> okay, y'all. What's my truth this week? I don't know. I, I was thinking, and I should have wrote it down. Um, but I didn't, but something that I think that we've been, we, we've all probably been guilty of is kind of like, uh, anticipation and feeling like you're going to be happy at a moment. Right. So I'm going to be happy when I'm licensed. I can't like, you know, I think we do this. Like, I can't wait. It just come <laughs> out. Like, I can't yeah. wait to like, oh, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do that. But I feel like, and, and I'm the, I'm the number one person that's like, if I don't have a trip booked. I feel like I don't got nothing to look forward to. Like, I feel like I'm like, if I have something to look forward to and some like, I feel like, all right, like, oh, cool. I got this. Like it's a countdown. Like I feel like good in the, in the period yeah. of time. Right. But like, I just want to be like more present in like, not feeling like I'm going to be happy when I get here. I'm going to be happy when I do this. So this week, like, I feel like, first of all, I don't got a trip planned. <laughs> I don't have nothing planned. I don't got nothing set in stone. For, for like what I want to do next and I'm right. like oh this is this is killing me um but I recognize that like I don't need to be like looking forward to something all the time you know what yeah. I'm saying even though like that's what that's what people do right what you looking forward to like and you could just somebody could just action. right you can't <laughs> wait till you finish your next book right what you looking forward to 
Passing my exam. Passing your exam. I mean, maybe you're not, but like something like that, like you got to study for and prepare for. So maybe you're not as like, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. But I can't wait for the after that. Like after I get my license. Right. You can't wait to be practicing. um, Like you can't wait to do all these other things. And I feel like that's how I am too. Like, oh, like I have, like, I can't wait to this. I can't wait to that. But I don't want to like live in that like Mm -hmm. anticipation of something better. Cause it's just like you, if, if all of my days are just like, you know, it's never anything to look forward to. I still want to be happy in, in, in today. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So that's my truth this week is that I'm trying not to just, um, to always need something to be happy about Mm -hmm, in the future. I can be happy in the now and I feel like, Okay. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's good. That's yeah, a good one. That was a good one. See, I be, I be having them. Listen. <laughs> but you was ready. hesitating to share that for what? No, I just came up with it. <laughs> I just oh came up with God. it. That was, I was thinking like, what was I doing this week? I really had to think about it. I promise y'all, next week I'm going to have my handy dandy notebook. And I'm going to have all my stuff down pegs. Watch. Okay. <laughs> She's okay. All right. It's time for our last segment right yes ma'am our last segment our two minute sessions or can we talk y'all got your therapist head on mm. we got it on i guess all right <laughs> <laughs> what if i'm not getting any better with therapy feel like you need so much more information what what is not getting any better like you don't feel better like what if i don't Your feel better? better nothing is improving nothing is improving mm-hmm. what is the time frame are you going to therapy are you on medication management what do you like i feel like okay just a general answer just a ge- right yeah, i just feel like it's just question. so many like, it's a general question general okay let me try to think general if you're not getting any better um seek additional help if you're not getting any better um Try different interventions. If you're not getting any better, I would say change your diet, change your routines. If you're not getting any better, do an assessment on the things that aren't working. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's so weird to, to like generalize this question. Like, if you're yeah, not right, like, well, we didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I didn't well, give details. <laughs> like they didn't, right. they didn't give me details. Started next. Um, hmm. what you say, Lee? If you're not getting any better, generally, they just wanted the answer to the question. What do I do if I'm not getting any better? Mm. Um, I agree with Donna about seeking additional help. I'm not. I feel like therapy is like one of the best ways. But you can also like find, like she said, find a different routine. Pick up some hobbies, exercise, breathe, do something. <laughs> it's just like right. you know, feeling better. Might not, like maybe talking doesn't make you feel better. Maybe you actually like maybe you just need to stay active and do stuff that helps out. Mm-hmm. I feel like with me right. like. Um, I even though I like isolation, I like isolation in different areas. Like I don't want to be in my room all day all the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe you might need like a change of scenery. Go for a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, sit by yourself, sit in your own thoughts somewhere else. Because if you maybe if you, you can't be with the dark curtains and your lights off, just mm-hmm. sitting in the dark. It's like all right now, you you want to be like this? Like do you right. really want to get better? It's a real question. Like do you want to be better? Mm-hmm. And if you really want to be better, just start. You have to change a lot, a lot about what you're doing on a regular right. basis. I agree with that. I think I would just always say, like, keep going. Like, this mm-hmm. is not the time to stop anything that you're doing. Like, right. keep going to therapy. Like, and it might be that you need another therapist, you know. Mm-hmm. If it's not working out, you can always get referred to another person. True. 
Um, but to your point, keep walking, keep moving, keep yeah. keep going, like keep going. That's what I would tell the person. Keep going, like whatever it is, change your diet up. Like mm-hmm. keep seeking information. Like keep trying to get better. Keep doing that self talk. Keep right. just keep going. Like that would be. Don't give up because you feel like you're not getting better because you'll never get better if you right. give up. If you give up, you'll never right. get better. That's yeah. true. It's and not going to go right right away. And it's a process. Yeah. Right. And, and they have to understand process, it. Right. And it reminds me of that illustration. And I'm sure y'all all saw the illustration where it's like a man and he has this like um, mm-hmm. ex and he's and he's trying to get through the brick wall and then he gives up. But if he's, he so, did, close. he's so close mm-hmm. to the other side, I mm-hmm. feel like it reminds me of that illustration. Like if you you can't give up, you om- like almost mm-hmm. there is it can be another day. It could mm-hmm. be another week. It could be another moment where you have that breakthrough. So right. you can't give up. Um, and another thing it reminds me of is, um, I feel like when people are trying to like lose weight, it's like they do this kind of saying where it's like, um, um, I just lost my train of thought. It's like, if you, if you keep going, you won't have to start over. Right. right? Yeah. So if you don't, if you, Stop right now. You'll have to start again from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But if you don't give up, you're already making progress. So mm-hmm. keep going where you in in the pace that you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, slow progress is progress. Any progress is progress because if you stop, you're going to have to start from the beginning. Right. Um, but keep going so that you're still further along. So you don't have to keep starting over. Right. 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 So that just that's another thing I would say to them. Okay. All right, bet. That's today's episode. Aaliyah and Michelle, can you tell the people where they can find you at? Yes, y'all can follow me on Instagram at Aaliyah Michelle Poetry. Um, also, follow uh, our podcast, Unrecognized Real Podcast. And I also have my other podcast, Cocktails and Convo with Purple and Lee. Um, and thanks y'all for having me. This was a good episode. I like this. Yay. All right, cool. So, you're not done yet. <laughs> what is your feel-good song of the week? Um... I think my feel good song of the week is uh Tiana Taylor's song We Got Love. Okay. We I love it. Love yeah, that's I think that's my favorite. Tiana Taylor, y'all got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, y'all know I listen, every every week now I'm about to start singing. <laughs> we got love. Like, <laughs> that's my jam. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Black and Therapy. Peace out. Right. See y'all. All right. Self-love is the best love When you go take that wristband off That petite party been over Don't need makeup to dress you up I gave birth on the bathroom floor Just me, Iman, and headphone calls Don't let this life defeat you I hope this message reach you Throw your hands up Play catch with the hundreds Love is the new money I'm just chilling with the homies Homies where the heart is Throw your hands up Play catch with the hundreds Love is the new money I'm just chilling with the homies, homies with a